Welcome to More Than a Sign, where we talk to some of Milwaukee's most productive realtors, up-and-coming realtors, and those that work alongside us. However, rather than being a platform for shameful self-promotion, these are intimate discussions about the journey, the struggle, the fear, and ultimately, the personal growth along the way. At the end of the day, nobody really cares about what we do. All that really matters is who we are. Today, we're going to learn who Tim and Sarah Reardon are. But before we do, let me tell you a few things about what the two of them have done. So this year, with very little support, they set out to accomplish $10 million in sales with approximately 25 homes being sold, and they will meet or surpass that goal, which is a, an amazing goal. No disrespect intended. Who really cares about that? Let's talk about Tim and Sarah. So welcome. This will be fun. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Yeah, it's great. You're the first husband and wife couple that I've interviewed, so I have lots of questions. Humbled to be here. So before we get into what you're doing today and all of that, I know a little bit about your background. And so let's start out. Um, I know you both grew up in Waukesha and you go way back. So let's take it to kind of, let's pick it up at high school. Tim loves that story. My story is a little different than hers. Okay. <laughs> I actually... So we went to different middle schools, but we went to high school together. And orientation in high school was when I first saw Sarah. Mm -hmm. Didn't get a chance to talk to her, but ended up having math class with her. Mm. And we became pretty good friends. And sophomore year, we started dating. So we've been what together. What took you so long? Sarah, she is, um, <laughs> she's, we actually became really good friends. And my mom tells this story a lot, but. I went to my mom and I said, I'm really good friends with Sarah and I'm scared if I start dating her, you know, high school dating together in high school usually doesn't pan out <laughs> and I didn't want to lose her as a friend. Mm -hmm. So, so you waited a year until the ripe old age yep. of 16, 15, 16, you're 15 years old. My mom dropped me off at Sarah's house for our first date, oh, <laughs> right? 15, no cell phones, yeah. home phones, mm -hmm. dial up internet. Yeah. Right. A simpler time. So you've been friends since the beginning of high school, boyfriend and girlfriend since the middle of high school. and 17 years now. Actually, just the end of October was 17 years we've been dating. Did you go to the same college? We did. We went to UW-Milwaukee and um, just kind of by luck went to the same college. Ended up being great. We kind of went our separate ways in the fact that we, I went and lived in the dorms, he went and lived in a house with some friends, and college was great. We moved in together finally after college. Were you still boyfriend and girlfriend in college? We, we were. were. Yeah, nice. Wow. Yeah. Went and really well. We wanted it to work out, but we were also wanting to be real, realistic about it and said yeah, we and need to make sure that, you know, this is true love because we felt it was, but from 15 to 25 to 30, you know, things can change. And um, it really was true love, which is awesome because we're still best friends, you know. And, and you can tell. Yeah. I mean, when you look at one another, is <laughs> really a beautiful thing. Okay. So you're in school, you're at UWM, mm -hmm. you kind of do your own thing for a couple of years, yeah. you move in together. 
We are, and you must have already been kind of contemplating marriage at that point, right? I think so. Mm-hmm. At that, that point, we'd been together. I knew for from like freshman year, so. <laughs> 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 like eight years. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, moved in together, had an apartment for a couple of years downtown. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when our professional careers started taking off, and Tim started a job, and I had a job in the retail industry. I worked at Miss Ruby Bridal Boutique. Hmm. And I, so. Absolutely loved it. Sarah actually got her degree to be a teacher, hmm. but that was right when it wasn't the best time to get into the teaching world. There was a lot of strikes in that happening. So hmm. we were both in the wedding industry. I used to DJ weddings and Sarah sold wedding dresses. <laughs> nice. Right. And what was that like? Bridal. Bridal was wonderful. It was all smiles mm. and fun and dress up and when I look back at how much I enjoyed that process mm-hmm. being such an impactful part of a bride's day finding the gown for them to wear to their wedding mm-hmm. I realized I like being a part of impactful moments in people's lives mm. and I think that you just kind of like I kind of fell into real estate Mm -hmm. and it was from our own transaction when we bought our first house that I went through the process and I realized like I love this this Mm -hmm. is so fun for me Mm -hmm. and looking back at how much I loved bridal I knew that I could build a career around real estate which also was kind of a hobby of ours so Tim's Dad has a construction background as Mm. well, and he's pretty handy himself. And we knew that we wanted to buy a Mm -hmm. fixer-upper. So we, like, fell into real estate kind of out of a hobby and then made a career out of it and realized that I just loved impacting people's lives and being a part of... My first few years was very, very first-time homebuyer-based, very heavily impacted in that arena, and I absolutely loved it. So... We're going to talk about you both took risks. So yeah. we're going to start with your risk, yeah. Sarah. Yeah. So you were in a career where you were in management, it sounds like, yep. and you loved what you were doing. Yeah. And you were making good money and you were headed into something with no paycheck. So what was that risk like? And at some point, did you feel like, uh oh? Um, No, I don't think I was ever nervous it wasn't going to work out. Mm -hmm. I took every transaction as a relationship. Mm -hmm. I was very fortunate to, and still am, that I really always work with some sort of friend, mutual friend. We always have some sort of very strong existing relationship prior to the transaction. Mm -hmm. Or I've gotten to know them and then we've grown into the real estate relationship that ends up evolving and just always felt so natural. And it always seemed to, um, it was never scary. Mm -hmm. The, the foundation was definitely laid for how Sarah runs her real estate because we budgeted everything off of my income and my job. Um, I was in sales at the time and hers was just going to be a bonus. So we made sure we could live off of what our, my income was And then whatever income she got was just, all right, let's go on vacation or go do that. And um, that laid the foundation of 
She never had to make decisions based off of money Hmm. um, or closing a deal. It was really what was best for the client. And she took her education that she's, you know, four years in school learning about how to teach. And that's how she really works with our clients now, but her clients back then. So it sounds like you were totally supportive of Sarah taking the plunge. You had the finances in place. You believed in Sarah. Mm -hmm. And you were working with a major employer, having success there, 401k, health insurance, a future path. Corporate America, and I saw the ladder. Um, And I actually really liked it at the time. Mm -hmm. So where did you start, Sarah? We're going to bounce back and forth. So you, you get into the business. Where did you start and why? Where did I start as far as? I had like a brokerage. How did you end oh, up where sure. you ended up? What drew you there? And what was like? What was the beginning like? Sure. So I had a girlfriend who was on the Stale Realty team. Mm. And she was just radiant with real estate. She was so good at social media and just looked like she was having such a good time. Who, who was that? Rachel Voigt. Okay. So she... um. I reached out to her and I was like, talk to me, tell me about this world. I'm so intrigued. I went and shadowed a couple open houses with her and we just got to chatting and I came home and I was like, I have to do this. Mm. Like I, I'm going to make the jump. I love it. Like I love talking to people just about real estate and how I can help them and be a resource to them. And I, so I started at Keller Williams six years ago Mm -hmm. and was very attracted to the company. Everybody there is so kind and welcoming, and I never left. Yeah, nice. Spend every day there. So I'm going to pause before we go on, and I know we had this conversation before, but there's something called the DISC profile, mm-hmm. and D-I-S-C, and D is kind of big picture, jump in, you know, just give me the facts. I can do it. I is very relationship oriented. And then S and C's are variations of what are generally admin people, real methodical, detail-oriented, process-oriented. We've talked about this before, but you strike me as incredibly high I. Just, it's all about the relationships, and it's kind of nice. Like, I like to remind people that we're not in the house business. We're in the people business, the relationship business. And, you know, sometimes someone will call us and say, you know, we want to sell a house that's under $100,000. Would you do it? I'm like, of course, right? I mean, we all will because it's about the relationships, the people that are helped, all of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, it's probably similar to the bridal business. Very similar. It, it's funny. I actually, I say this with all my heart, Sarah, but she knows this. She's actually the worst salesperson I've ever met. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why she is... I went to school for sales, so I have, you know, a lot of sales class in that. She's never taken a sales class, but I think that's why she's so good at real estate. She doesn't know how to sell, but she knows how to educate people. She knows how to inform people and make sure that they know their risks and um, highlight homes and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, it's funny. If I go out and I look, like if I'm on vacation, yeah. let's say, and I go into an open house, which I like, I'm always reminded that an agent can't talk you into a home, but they can sure talk you out of it. And I think one of the mistakes that people make in our business is they just, they think that they can sell somebody a home and half the stuff that they're talking about is not what somebody's interested in. And and it's such a turnoff. So yeah, it's about helping people make a great decision, right? Absolutely. 
Okay, so you're off and rolling how quickly? Like, what was that first year like? My first year was actually pretty good. Um, I think I sold my first five transactions in under six months, mm-hmm. and I think mm-hmm. I closed the year at about 10, 10 deals in my first year, and from there, just doubled. And that was like 16-ish, 2016? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 2016, okay. yeah. So 10 transactions the first year, mostly buyers. Mostly buyers, yes. Mostly people you knew or you came yep. about them from open houses? No, just, just about everybody I knew. I think I had one lender referral. Mm-hmm. And then every other year from there, I just about knew every single client. We've now reached the world where social media is drawing in some referrals. And the really fun part about business now is we have repeat clients. Yeah. A lot of buy and sell now, which is great, which were Sarah's, some of Sarah's first clients have now yeah. sold the home that Sarah first sold them mm-hmm. and are buying new ones. And we're actually even starting to get that third round now. Yeah. So because so many people that listen to this are just getting going and it's always harder than it looks. So you, you come into a business that is t- to us similar, but mm-hmm. to the average person out there, not similar at all. What were those conversations like? How did you reach out to people in the beginning to get them to work with you? Yeah. So I think a lot of our friends and family knew that we were well integrated in just the real estate world. Mm -hmm. Um, The first house that we bought was in Endurus Park in Milwaukee, right outside of Tosa. And it was the cutest land and stone property that we renovated the entire property. So we really, it was easy for me to lean in on projects that we were doing, improvements that we were making, just kind of educating myself with, hey, you can do a kitchen rehab, you can do a full gut and it'll cost you this, or you can just kind of do small improvements and it'll cost you this. So I really leaned in on just being a resource on any level. And Mm. I have people reach out to me all the time that don't even want to buy or sell but they're looking to do small improvements. And what can I do? What would you suggest? I have $5,000. How can I improve my home? What does this look like? And it's just a joy for me to talk about anything related like that. So speaking to my sphere just about our experiences and what we were painting on the weekend Mm -hmm. was easy. And it was fun. And it was just genuine conversations that I could have that just ended up stumbling into business transactions. And in the beginning, Sarah never met, uh, Keller Williams does a lot of training and she every single day did at least one of the trainings that they offered. We were just talking to a new agent yesterday and there was some weekends where Sarah would do three open houses in one day. Mm -hmm. Um, So she was always looking to learn. Back then, Keller Williams was a lot smaller. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think she was like, I think there was like only 40 agents or something. So she had many mentors she was always reaching out to him with questions and the amount of information that Sarah has. I'm always, I, I've said this a lot. So when I started, I I'm like, it myself. yes, I'm like, you blow me away. I didn't know you knew that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. All right, Tim. So not to ignore you up to this point, yeah, but no. she jumped in first. So you're at work, you're on a path, um, your employer, you're watching Sarah kick ass. Mm-hmm. How did the thought of you joining Sarah, how did that germinate? Where did that come from? And what were the decisions around that? Because that's economically 
and relationship-wise, two big risks. So taking risks have been something that we've always done. Um, hence, you know, Sarah starting real estate. It first started with me at, at the the corporate position that I worked. I actually just got a promotion. I saw my five-year goal. I knew exactly what I was doing. And I got a call from one of my old bosses asking me to leave my corporate job and go work for the Milwaukee Bucks. And I was like, I can't do this. I was taking a pay decrease at the time. I had no clue what the future would be. It was an entertainment. If I got hurt, I was out of job necessarily. And Sarah and I talked a lot and um, luckily the real estate was working out, but I realized the opportunity that I could have with the Bucks was a once in a lifetime opportunity. And my experience will outweigh how much money we can make. So I took that. That was my first really big risk. Um, Corporate ticket sales, I presume? <laughs> I was actually Bango, the mascot for the Bucks. I'm glad I asked. <laughs> so it was a secret at the time. And it was, you know, there's only one person that does that. So I did that for six years. It was amazing. The, the experiences that I had in that six years are something that I'll never forget and I'll always be able to talk about and so all right I have, <laughs> I'm a little bit blown away I most um, people don't know <laughs> right well I mean you uh, all sorts of thoughts so number one <laughs> number one you're a very kind of soft-spoken and I mean this I, I I used to say the same thing about my father a sweet gentle oh, person <laughs> thank you um, and those are two of the greatest compliments you could ever get. Thank you. Bango, man. He was <laughs> like your alter ego, like over the top. First of all, where did yes. uh, you must be fairly athletic because the things that you made look easy are not easy. I was a gymnast growing up. Okay. I always say I wasn't good enough to do college gymnastics, but I was good enough to do a couple of backflips in a deer costume. Yeah, unbelievable, <laughs> right. I mean, it's hard enough to do a backflip, but put a furry costume yeah. on with two little holes that you can see through. Yeah. And I think you brought a level of fun to everybody, young, old, and even the team, like the staff, everybody like stopped and took note. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. That really- How um, did I not know this? Maybe I guess- I, I don't actually talk question. about it much. It was a secret during the time, but you know, now it was part of my life. So it's, uh, I don't actively go out and share it, but I, if it comes up in conversation, I bring it up. I, I take it a little bit more humble than probably most. So, so when you, <laughs> when you, <laughs> I know it opens um, up a lot of can of worms. <laughs> right, right. So what was the handoff like to the next person? What was the, from one bango to the next? Oh, there's still some secrets to the trade. So, uh, there's some things that, you know, we'll have to stay with the, I, I kind of like to say it's like um, Spider-Man or something it's like a that. fraternity. So, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. to secrecy. It worked. The new guy is awesome and he's, he will go and probably outshine me even. He's, he's a really good, the bucks are in a good spot. So. And you were there from what years to what years? I started in 2016 or 17. I was there for six years. Okay. So, yeah. Amazing. For, so for the for the crazy ride that we were all on. I was uh, there Giannis's first year when mm -hmm. we only had 14 wins. Yeah. And my last year we won the championship. So I used to not be able to give Bucks tickets away. I used to have hundreds of tickets they would give me. And I, 
would be like, can you please come? Like, come support yeah, me. And now one day people were like, I don't want to go to the box. And then I probably had over a hundred people reaching me every game. Can I, can I get tickets to the game? Can I get, you know? <laughs> okay. So I'm going to regather. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, okay. So you are excelling at your second job, mm-hmm. having fun, probably good hours. Right. Yeah. And doing well because few people can do what you did. So talk about the decision to work together, how that happened, and what were those discussions like? I mean, obviously you decided to do it, but what were the pros and cons and what were the fears? And Because there are lots of husbands and wives that probably contemplate it but don't do it. We always knew I couldn't do the job forever. It's very hard on your body. It's mentally enduring as well because uh, you put out a lot of energy and time. And Sarah's business was growing. And we started realizing we both had unconventional hours. We have a daughter. She's three now. And we had to make a decision because we, we both couldn't work those nights and weekends and I had my fun. You know, I traveled the world. I've uh, been to many different countries and like got a championship ring. And I have a lifetime of memories that probably no one would ever be able to understand. So I, I was like, you know, I, I could go out on top here and support Sarah and her dreams more. Because I think what last year you were at, I think like six and a half million, maybe seven million, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah, seven. Seven soloed, and I was, through the summer months, very thin. Yeah. Yeah. I was very, very busy. And we were at the point where we would be with four different clients on a Saturday, and all four of them want to write an offer. And I would be in, like, China, you know, <laughs> yeah. doing an appearance. Yeah. Since you know. <laughs> and, you know, it's, in real estate, a lot of times you're out showing clients, and then you come home and your workday doesn't end. You have to write offers and you have to have further conversations and you need to call agents. And my days were just so wild that I needed some form of support. Mm -hmm. And in between every showing, I'm on the phone with him talking about what's going on. He knows all of my clients. And it just kind of like clicked at one point Mm -hmm. where we were like, you should be writing my offers. You should be doing all of this like back end work. Well, I am out client facing or vice versa, or we need to divide and conquer. So we're only out from nine to noon on a Saturday morning, and then we can go and be home by design with the rest of our family. Spend time with our daughter. And so it just, it finally was this epiphany where we were all, we were having these real estate conversations anyways, and not like being efficient about it. Mm-hmm. So he got his license a couple months before he ended up quitting so I could have a little bit more support and then that slow transition to finally joining me in January of 2022 was very I don't, impactful. I don't like to say I quit. I retired. This is true. So what were those first few weeks like? Oh, They were very stressful. We went from probably the best health insurance that any employer has ever given an employee. I had extremely good health insurance. I had a great paycheck to a position where we both work for ourselves. We have to do private insurance and no money is guaranteed. 
Um, and we have a three-year-old daughter, and we have a home and yeah. mm-hmm. and a lifestyle that we were pretty used to. So it was it was very nervous, but we believe high risk is high reward. And in these scenarios, you know, where you don't have any other option but to succeed, mm-hmm. I think is where we always do best. Yeah. Not having a plan B is the best plan A. Exactly. Yeah, yep. there's no plan B. Mm-hmm. Our yeah. plan B was if it doesn't work out, um, we'll, it, that wasn't an option. It just will work out, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. We're thankful that we're t- 11 months into it. Mm-hmm. That's Sarah's best year that she's ever had. Yeah, so um, something's working. Well, we still love each other. Our best year. <laughs> our best, yes. Our best year yes, that we've our. ever had. Yes, yes. <laughs> Very good. How do you divide up who does what? So currently we are still kind of in a phase of we both do a lot of it and we both do it all mm-hmm. because I really wanted his experiences to be able to do the entire business, be able to be client facing, be able to be buyer expert, be able to be a listing expert. So it's really that you get us for the total package and then we do leverage Renee with focus title for a lot of our background. She's really our lifeline because we're able to focus on the clients while she's able to make sure all the paperwork and dates and deadlines are. Why don't you give her a minute of love because She's terrific, number one. And number two, I don't think a lot of people understand what that means. So talk a little bit about like what she does and what that frees you up to do. Renee is absolutely wonderful. I've been working with her for three years now. She fully organizes all of my dates and deadlines, organizes all of our contacts within our co-brokes, for our lender, for our title partners. She has grown relationships with all of those partners where we all just work seamlessly and she is on top of everything so I never have to worry about it. She also keeps us true to our dates. Um, She'll send us some texts every once in a while. Hey, inspection contingency is, you know, tomorrow just making sure you're good and we're like Yep, we are. Mm-hmm. Thank you for making sure we're good, you know. <laughs> I always say nothing beats a good reminder. I love a good yes. reminder. Yes. It, it, was, it was really nice when, when Sarah started using her um, because, again, we're able to just focus 100% on the clients, and we don't have to worry about necessarily, like, the contracts, the dates. Anybody who's looking to grow their business, they need to get a transaction coordinator or an admin. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people will identify that, the paperwork and the logistics is a weakness of theirs and it can be leveraged and it can be levered properly. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it's inexpensive. You don't even know that it's falling off your checks. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. So I'm a balance guy and I've, when I was your age, I did not have great balance and I worked constantly and I enjoyed that. It was my golf. But then I got a little bit older. I had a couple of boys, a lovely wife brother, parents, and I realized that whatever you're doing, you're leaving an empty chair somewhere else. And I worked very hard, first of all, to free up my time, and second of all, to free up my mind, which is the harder of the two, but to not celebrate the wins or suffer the losses and stay pretty even keeled. And if you bump into me at the office, you wouldn't know if I just lost a deal or put a deal together. But I can tell you that for years, if I did have a day, I could go home to my wife who wasn't in the business 
get a fresh perspective. And I found that really nice. You're in a business now where you're both riding the kind of successes and failures. And this is a business, it's like baseball. You're successful one out of every three times, let's say. So there's a lot of setbacks, a lot of challenges. And if there weren't problems, buyers and sellers would do it themselves. So how do you find emotional balance when you're both doing the same thing? It's always something we're working on. Our strength that I don't think a lot of couples have is we've been together longer than we haven't been together. So we learned a lot about ourselves at the same time. Um, I mean, we got our driver's license together. We went to college together. So when people start learning about themselves through their whole life, we were able to learn about ourselves, but also the other person. So our biggest strength is that we understand each other. We know if someone's having a bad day, even if they don't have to say it. Now, real estate on top of that, as you said, is a roller coaster. And we make sure we never make decisions based off of our emotions. Time is clarity. And we always make sure we take a moment, whether that's meditate or go for a run or just maybe sometimes it's like, all right, Sarah, you can go home and let's like start making dinner or something, you know, and then it's like, let's come back. What's the best thing for the client in this scenario? Try to make sure we don't have to make decisions on the spot. It's always about the client, what's going to be best for them. And it's always about giving options and just talking through all of the options and weighing pros and cons, which probably comes from my educational background, really just educating the client on, well, what are our decisions? Do we need additional quotes? Do we need additional experts to come in? How do we solve this for a win-win for everyone? And um, taking a step back and just breathing. Mm -hmm. It, It is hard. There's many scenarios where we have to do what's not best for us and what's best for the client. Sometimes that is you know, if it's an area we don't know, we refer out a lot of business because that's not what's best for them. Even though they want to work with us, it's like, we don't know, you know, we don't know Sheboygan mm-hmm. or if it's, this isn't a good house. It shouldn't, you know, we wouldn't want to live there. Do you want to live there? And they're like, we don't. It's like, all right, well, we should probably walk away if, you know, and sometimes it, it's hard. And I think agents struggle with that because they want to get that paycheck. By all means, we want the paycheck as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but we want to make sure the client's happy at the end. So, What are your biggest challenges right now? Our biggest challenges right now are backtracking. So I previously built a business that was just very comfortable for me and in a way fun. Mm-hmm. And now we have a business that needs to be ran like a business. Mm-hmm. And yes. I was a little sloppy. Mm. <laughs> I was a little sloppy for a couple years. Sure. And now we just have, we did a huge rebrand this year, which has been impactful in more ways than one and has been absolutely wonderful. Um, but all of the other systems, again, just everything needs to be re-leveraged. We, we talked about database and everyone's oh, like, what, what database, database do you use? And we're like, it's in our head. Mm. You know, <laughs> and and you know what? You can get by with that mm-hmm. for a point in time. Like yeah. there's no better CRM than your brain yeah. when yeah. you're yeah. beginning and you can keep it all fresh. 
But then you start to wake up in the middle of the night like, uh uh-oh. Yeah. That's when you know that you're beyond capacity. And look, nobody starts a business. Like you went into this from the retail business. Nobody starts it with impeccable systems and procedures. You have to figure them out and they have to be, there's no one size fits all. You grow into them as your business grows. From the outside, everything always looks perfect. From the inside, it's kind of chaotic. I think it circles right back to that high eye Mm -hmm. where I just built a business on great relationships and everything else just fell into place. And then Tim comes in and balances me and is like, well, where's your stuff? Where's your database? We have to do all of these things now and be organized. And he comes in with his spreadsheets and I'm like, I'm not the numbers girl. What do you mean? Yeah. I just want to go have real estate conversations and show pretty houses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's nice because when we go do showings, Sarah is the expert 100%. I'm there just to kind of have fun and have bounce off ideas and make a joke or two, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> then when we get back into the office, I make sure that everything is laid out. We understand fully contracts. I mean, we both do the contracts, but just, you know, our P&L for our business and what's our pipeline look like and how do we do social media and all that stuff. Um, so together we really weigh each other out because even for me, you know, I worry about, let's say, a spreadsheet. And then Sarah's that one who is making jokes and just there mm-hmm. to call me. And <laughs> so it, it, it works out change. great. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, it's important that if you're going to be partners with somebody that you complement each other's strengths and weaknesses and that you care enough about one another and are intuitive enough about one another that you can jump in and soften the edges of what we both deal with, what we all deal with. What does the next couple of years look like? What, what do you, when you close your eyes and you look at your team, what, is, what does it look like a few years out? Yeah, we would really love to grow our team. We've realized in a lot of how this year has gone and reflection that we've had that we both really like sharing the knowledge that we have Mm -hmm. and sharing our expertise and sharing our experiences. Um, We've also started to dabble in the high risk of flipping homes. Mm -hmm. I hate the term flipping, but everybody understands it that way. (laughs) Enhancing beautiful homes in southeastern Wisconsin. (laughs) And that is a powerful knowledge for Mm. buyers and sellers, investors, and we all deal with it on a pretty regular basis. And we just feel that we need to share what we know. Everybody can learn from each other and real estate is the best arena to play in for growth and wealth. And we'd really like to start investing in some investment properties as well that'll hold for renters. Well, and and the big goal, yeah, the big goal, the reason we want all of this is one, to share what we know, Mm -hmm. um, but two, I mean, our daughter's already three years old. It seemed like a blink of an eye. We can't believe that. And Josh Shadler, he's in uh, Keller Williams, the innovation office, and he showed me this podcast called 18 Summers, and you only have 18 summers, essentially, Mm -hmm. with your kid Mm -hmm. um, until they go off and have their own life. And Sarah and I are like, oh my gosh, we... We're already gone of three summers. Like, how did that happen? You know, and we would like to be able to help other people grow, but that allows us to then spend time with what we 
care about, which is our daughter, time for us together, and mm-hmm. yeah, we have 15 nice. summers left. <laughs> well, that is a great centering point to understand that and how precious family is. And boy, like how fortunate your daughter is to just watch the two of you, see the two of you, love each other for, you know, most of your lives, have independent lives, build a life together, keep her as a priority. I'll tell you, I'm just, I'm personally very moved. I think you're just a lovely couple. You're a radiant couple. Like I would never want to walk up a sidewalk to do a listing presentation (laughs) and have the two of you walk out. I think I would just get back in my car and say, you know what? I mean, seriously, like you must have a very, very high closing percentage because why would anybody work with anybody else? (laughs) Thank you. That that means a lot. Yeah. Yeah. We, we do. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) For lack of a better term. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, it'll be fun to watch your continued progress. You're doing an amazing job. You both have great reputations. When your name comes up, your names come up, people just go on and on. So you're doing it all the right way. And for me, honestly, this has been such a treat today. Thank you. Thank you you for having us. Well, thank you. And this was fun. And hopefully we'll do, we're due for another deal together, right? Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. So I'd like to give a shout out to Podcast Town Studios, our producer, No Sleep for creating the music. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And if you believe that you or someone you know would be an ideal guest and would talk about not what they've done, but really who they are, why don't you reach out to me? I'm the easiest guy in the world to get a hold of. Thank you.